this shit. We like, are live hey. from the Anacostia Art Center, from the Nubian Human mm-hmm. in the Anacostia Art Center in historic Anacostia, South Beach, Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. We back home in South Beach where we belong. Hey, hey. You know, last week we was in the studio, but we back in the home spot. You see the young lady behind us uh, with, the, with the crazy dude. You know? Yeah. So that's how you know we in the spot. What's up, Freedom? Great, Stay tuned, brother. I'm sorry. We got Go a great. No, you good, man. Yeah. We got a great show for you today. Uh, definitely with me as always. I'm Super Dave. Like, look, I'm all mixed up today. I'm Super Dave, aka Mr. Super. Incredible. And with me as always is DC's native son, the SC3 representative. Hey. Yeah. He got a, a mixtape popping right now. Jake Sunday. Super popping. Super popping. Yes. Jason is in the building. Hey. We got we got a lot to talk about today. It's a lot going on. And um, our guest today is uh he really needs no introduction, man. He's uh, he does need an introduction. That, he does? Give him one. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely give him one. I'm okay. saying he doesn't need one. They see his face and they already oh, okay. definitely. I see what you're know saying, he, you know, oh, I get because it. Because he's one of those dudes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like right. you, know, you see him and you, you know, you know who it is. But just in case somebody might have been living under a rock for the last Ever. 10, 20 years. Uh, this dude uh, has done everything. He's uh, First of all, he's one of the funniest comedians that I know, that I can personally say I know. Oh, man. Yeah, I and um, uh, I think um, the first time I really saw you do your thing was with uh, Ralph Cooper over at RDF. Oh, man, RFD. And that because I, I mean, RFD, mm-hmm. I always mix the joint up. Because mm-hmm. I've seen you around, but the first time I really saw you, like, do your thing was there. It was as hilarious as everybody. Like, Jay always said, you know, everybody always say, and just saying you actually do a full set, man, oh, I was man. blown away. And it was, and you and Ralph had me feeling like I was going to get up and try to be a comedian for I like five that. minutes. But I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, I was, I was nervous. Um, I told Ralph, he was, we had him in here a little while ago. I told him it was that night that, um, that Huggy came through and killed oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it was crazy. But anyway, I heard back. everybody started bombing after Huggy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cause, 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 in the words of Eddie Bryant, you got to be able to follow heat. But uh this dude has been on Comic View, Martin Lawrence First Amendment, uh comedy specials, uh what else? Yeah, uh, he hosts all over the Minnesota city. Avenue. He's been, uh, yeah. you know, been yeah. all over the country and in different countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh he's a writer, mm-hmm. uh, uh an actor, mm-hmm. uh the, one of the best stand-up comedians I know, ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Bryant is in the building. We're so glad to have him here with us. Thank y'all. Uh, you Thank know, y'all for having me. And, and we're going to yeah. get into a lot of things. I want to talk to you about your career, about your life, about what you've been up to. Okay. Uh, but, of course, you know, Are first you the of police? Things, no, 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 okay, no, great. no. Okay. I'm not wearing the wires. Uh, you from know, the so police <laughs> family, though. from the police family, though. Well, my dad retired, you know. But, you know. But, yeah, we're going to get into all that. But, of course, it's a lot of things going on in the city. No, it smells like pork. It smells like pork. In the city, in the country, in the world that we got to talk about, um, you know, uh, first of all, of course, uh, yesterday uh, we lost mm-hmm. one of the greatest athletes to ever play any sport. Yeah. Um, and basically, uh, Jason is going to give us a little something. He said, when I asked him what he was going to do, he said, I got some shit for that. That's, that was his words. That's so, right. Well, here we go, Freedom. Well, Dave had hit me up last night, you know, after the news about uh, Kobe and his daughter, right? And he was, you know, he was like, you know, I'm a basketball dude. So he's like, you know, you know, uh, have some stats and all that, right? But basically, you know, for the basketball heads, because, you know, that's a fraternity in itself. Like, ballers have their own fraternity, and it's a certain energy and a certain spirit that surrounds 
you know, just like how comedians got their own, yeah. like it's just certain things that y'all yeah. know, little um, nuances, nuances yeah. that only comedians would know. It's the same thing with, with people who play like organized basketball and come up in that culture. So the, the obvious things is, you know, Kobe got five rings, he got a MVP, he got two finals MVPs. And the day before his passing, LeBron had just passed him for third all-time scoring between behind, uh, I think it's Kareem and Karl Malone. And it was Kobe, but LeBron just passed Kobe mm -hmm. the day before the incident. <clears throat> but the, the interesting phenomenon about the untimely passing of Kobe and his daughter is, uh, well, I did a show Saturday in the Anacostia Arts Center. We do playback theater. And so playback theater is when you when you tell your story, then there are a group of actors that play back the story that you tell live in front of your face. And one of the brothers came up and shared his story. And the story is about his most memorable moment in Washington, D.C. Okay. And uh, I, this is all going to tie in. Just just follow me. No, no, no. I'm so uh, so he's, you, yeah, yeah. So his most memorable moment in Washington, D.C. was when he experienced uh, the Million Man March. Right. I think October, I think it was that 95 or 95. 90, nine, October 95. And he was like. October 13th. Yeah. yeah. And so he was like, that's the most memorable uh, experience that he experienced experienced in Washington D and yeah and some people may know that brother. It's the brother that owns the uh the T shirt joint. Uh uh Unities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyway, but anyway he was like, you know, that day he saw black men all day, all night, just helping each other, telling each other openly through the streets, I love you brother, I love you brother. He was like people was just crying all day and just hugging each other and you know what I'm saying, just being extra he was, you know, it was basically like uh, he had never experienced that be before or since. Yeah. But to experience it, you know for a fact that it's possible, that exists. It's like, even if it don't happen no more, no one can never tell you that that can't ever happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? So tying that show in, which was Saturday, and then the next, the next day, uh, the untimely passing of Kobe, and his daughters, and even though I ran down some of the statistics of, of Kobe and, and the basketball world, you know, for the ballers, this is the real uh, um, energy of what's happening. So I was not a Kobe fan as far as basketball, right? So I, you know, I just was like, yo, he's an excellent baller, you know, arguably the best player in the world. You could, you could argue him, Jordan, LeBron, like that ain't up for me to debate. But those are the three names that are always in the conversation. conversation. Just like you and go Kevin like Durant, and Kevin Durant. Oh. No, he, Kevin's yeah. not in it yet because of his age. But right. Kevin Durant is definitely will be there, like okay. as far as his talent. But, but because Kevin Durant is just still in his prime, right. he's not in the conversation yet. Right. So no disrespect to Katie, because I definitely feel that sentiment. But I'm just right. saying, as of now, those are the top three guys that people mention. And so when he passed, this is the this is the reality, is that I felt it. It's like I, I don't even know this dude, let alone really like fuck with him personally. But it's like the without having a theory or anything that was written down or told to me, I instinctively felt the pain mm -hmm. of him being gone. Like without 
you know what I'm saying, like without being a fan of his or anything. And, and, and then the reality is, the truth, the facts is, it's like, oh, the reason that happened is because I am connected to him. I am directly connected to this person, but it's only because I've seen him from a, a, a teenager, you know, 17, 18 years old, and I've watched his whole life in front of my eyes, yeah. as, as we all have, right? And so if we had the opportunity to see someone uh, their whole lives until they become an adult and have children and go through ups and downs, you know, we will recognize that, oh, we're connected to every person. Like there's a human connection to every person without yeah. being told, without being taught in school, without anyone telling you or informing you any words. It's just an, an initial field. And so with his passing, and since this is basketball, and basketball or any sports don't really have much relevance to our struggle as humans, here's, here's the underlying theme. What Kobe was known for was his tenacity, his will to win. Mm -hmm. his, the, the reason he got Mamba as a nickname, because a Mamba is a snake with deadly venom that will kill you to win. And it's like, if ever you play basketball, you're a baller, or any type of sport, that's what separates good athletes from great, dominant, super athletes. It's that, it's, that, it's that killer instinct. Like, yo, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to, to get victory. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care how tired I am. I'm going to go the hardest that any human being could possibly go and I have the will and the tenacity to win over any I could be down 20 with three minutes left I'm going to score fucking 20 points and I'm going to hit the so it's like that's what Kobe Bryant represents yeah. as, as a human being and, and so even though I wasn't a fan of his and to not allow his untimely death to be in vain I think the takeaway is that Kobe Bryant is a world symbol. He, he, what he represents to the world is that, uh, that spirit that I'm talking about, like, like I will win throughout any adversity. Like I will train harder, I will be up earlier, I'm gonna out everything you because I have to win. Right. And so, because Kobe Bryant is, is, is boxed in to this category of basketball, it limits what that, that, that drive in him has the capacity to do. So that Mamba mentality carries over to your everyday life. If you're dealing with illnesses, you know what I'm saying? If you're dealing with conflict in your home and in, in your community, if there's a certain demographic of people that feel oppressed and want to be released from, from, from uh, the stranglehold uh, of monetary, you know, stress. It's like to get out of these situations, it's that same spirit, that passion of that killer instinct of doing whatever you have to do to get victory. And I think that's kind of what Kobe represents yeah. without being in the context of basketball. Yeah. That's all I got, Dave. I appreciate you. Yeah. My camera just...
Because everybody yeah. in the world know Kobe, man. And it's like, but everybody in the world don't necessarily follow basketball, but in whatever people do, you know what I'm saying, they know that mentality that it take to win. You know what I'm saying? And we, we think that it just apply to sports, but as we all know, the only reason sports exists is, is to channel the, those feelings and, and those emotions, you know, in uh, war simulation, well, especially football. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of why uh, football was like the uh, American, you know, sport, especially in wartime. I think it was Eisenhower, you know, it was like to train uh, young men's minds to be ready for war. And, really? Yeah. And so when you when you talk about a brother like Kobe, and you take him out of the context of basketball, like he would be an ultimate warrior. Yeah. Because you know that's who you want in the foxhole with you when shit on the line. Like he gonna dig deep and you know like whatever it takes yeah, to victory. He right. You know what I'm saying? It's like before you, he the last one to leave. Yeah. And it's like he gonna yeah. win. He yeah, gonna, he gonna win. win. And yeah. so it's 100%. like. And that's what it takes, you know. Same, we had the same slave man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my last name, Brian, too. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Your name's yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know where you was going with that. I'm glad you did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe you got it in you, too. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. I'm going to work, though. Yeah. No quit. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's definitely a tragedy at the time this show, this, uh, show is airing. Um, the most information we have is that it was uh, him and his daughter and uh, seven other people yeah. on the helicopter with him. This dude was taking the helicopter places. You know you made it when you, you know what I'm saying? He's been doing that for a while. For a minute, right? With yeah, the, going to with the, the games Lakers. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said just because he ain't, you know, sitting in traffic with Titan. Well, if you game, never so lived like, in L.A. and know about the traffic, yeah, 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 L.A. Nah, I mean, brother. I, I, I was either going to get a tank or a helicopter, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> well, no, but yeah, that's, I think, I think um, with Kobe... Or this this whole the the to see the human connection there in in online you know people are some people are emotionless you know I seen a comedian quote unquote say some hateful stuff yeah you know and it's just rude and obnoxious to bring it up you know at that time and you know when you're behind these keyboards and these phones you can be one way but. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. It but, is. you know, prayers and condolences go out to their family. Definitely. You know what I mean? And everybody that's affected. Right. You know, it's a lot of brothers like that was their hero. I don't yeah. know yeah. what you a know. nigga could say that's funny. Like, he died no, with he his wasn't, daughter? He, wasn't, he like, wasn't trying to be funny. Oh, he was okay. just trying to be mean. Wow. You know what I mean? And, and was happy about it and jovial. Yeah. Which 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 was um, this I, man. I hope he does not get booked ever. Yeah, wow, yeah. and I'm I'm sure it's like because you know when people go out of their way to do stuff like that, it, it labels you as a certain kind of person, and so and the industry like you guys know y'all been like you know the entertainment industry. Um, while it can be cutthroat and things, it's it's yeah. a tight community, and I mean yeah, for somebody yeah. like like Kobe who was as loved and as, you know, revered as he was. There's not a lot of people that's going to take that lightly. Out there in L.A., he lucky ain't nobody, you know, stepping yeah, to him. Yeah, right, he might not, you know? he shouldn't go out there for a little while. Right, right, you know, yeah. so. But, yeah, you definitely always going to see stuff like that. And that's a question I want to pose to you. Like, um, you know, everybody's trying to do something to get their name out there, you know, to kind of get seen, to kind of, so, I mean, these, like you said, quote, unquote, comedians who, who take uh, opportunities like this to try to, 
you know, make jokes. Is is there anything that you can't that you shouldn't or can't joke about? Well, um, you can try to joke about anything. Uh, the goal is, is it going to be funny? And the thing about the art form is the audience gives you immediate feedback. Right. <laughs> right. A laugh or a boo. Right. You know what I mean? And so you know where you stand right there in that moment in time. You, you know, some people can paint a picture or put it up on a wall and 20 years later, somebody can really appreciate it. Right, you know? right. <laughs> it don't go like that with us. It's like, uh... Is it funny or not? Immediately. Immediately. Right. Hurry up, nigga. And you know, <laughs> hurry up and make me yeah, hurry up. And and so, you know, that's how you, you you can try. And there's and there's always humor where pain is the underlying emotion. Right. A lot of the yeah. funny is rooted in pain. So exactly. uh, I'm sure there will be um, some humor and then humor sometimes, you know, for most of the time it heals. Right, right. Right. So because you're coming out of that pain, if you can laugh at the pain, then you know, you you begin that healing process. So, you know, I don't I don't see what's funny about this particular incident at all. Yeah. You know. So <clears throat> you know. And it's definitely a difference between joking in a time like this and joking about a time like this. And I think, you know, so that's why I think it was great that we booked you for today. And this time, you know, we need that laughter, you know, to, to kind of keep us going and get us through. Because that's one of the things that always will carry us, yeah. you know, through the, through the toughest times. So definitely. Clo Clover says, uh, nothing is funny about death. Leave that ish off the table. Well, I, I beg the difference. Yeah, I'm about, about to say, say I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm about to say. Um, you ever seen John Witherspoon's funeral uh, <laughs> or Bernie Mac's funeral? Yeah. Or even um, uh, Mary and Barry's funeral? Yeah. Mike Epps. Oh, Mike Epps. Epps. Oh, man. That's one of the funniest. standing ovation. Right. That's one of the, the funniest funeral. I ever seen. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're <laughs> celebrating people, you know, death is not necessarily, you know, we, we're the ones that sad because that person has transitioned. Right. When we should be celebrating their transition. That's why when you go to New Orleans and they party for you when you pass, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. That's um, they're, yeah, they celebrate you. When a baby comes into the world, the baby is crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like flipped. Uh, right. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, it's all on how you look at it. Yeah, it's from Eddie Bryan in the building, yeah, man. man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I wanted to take this moment to segue because this is a good segue. I was trying to think about how to bring up this topic. It's something I've been researching for a little while, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it because it's something that we don't really um, talk about as much. And um, it's uh, working on wills, and, mm, uh, or yeah. like you know, a will, living wills, and trusts. And I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but I just wanted to talk about it. I actually, I watch a lot of court. TV shows, I'm home during the day. You watch so, Judge Judy in particular. Yeah, Judge Judy. So anyway, I'm watching it the other day, and it's these two. I told you. I told you. <laughs> I can hear Patrice now. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm watching it the other day, and it's these two sisters on it. And they're, like, fighting, hate each other because their mother passed away, didn't leave a will, and now they're fighting over money and, you know, the, basically the estate. And so it's so important you know, that you take the opportunity 
don't wait because you never know. Like situations like this show us just how precious life is and, you know, remind us of our own mortality. So don't wait. Definitely, you know, uh, get something in place where your people don't know what happens. Some people say they don't really care because it's like, I'll be gone. So whatever they do is whatever they do. But, you know, if you like me and don't want your family, because, you know, uh, death can bring out the worst in some people. Yeah. And you don't want to find out or have your family find out when you Not die that one of them is, you know, one of those people. So um, <laughs> right. definitely look into it. It's places you can go. Um, most experts say that it's not really good to try to do it on your own. You should definitely uh, either talk to a lawyer or uh, see about one of the there di- different um, programs out there online that you can use to really set up your will and get everything straight. And so um, look into it if you get a chance, definitely, because it's something that we all need to do, have everything in place, you know, for your family, for your kids, who's going to take care of your kids, things like that, in case, you know, something might happen, because we never know. No, you know, tomorrow's not promised to any of us, like they say. Yeah. And so uh, it's something that we definitely need to look into. So I want to move on to a lighter note. We don't want to talk about... Thank you so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> nah, that's real, that's real talk, though. Yeah, man. I don't want to talk about, uh, you know, death too long. We we, we, we here with uh, Eddie Brown. We got to get some uh, yeah, other topics some, going. Um, <laughs> so the Grammys was last night. Did you guys see the Grammys? I no. tried. This, I, them joints you know suck, man. I'm tired. I, I just got the baby because I didn't really look at it either. So I wanted to talk about it because it happened. Okay. But I, I, did. I, I watched Puffy's speech. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Puffy talking about or how P. Diddy or Brother Love or whatever, whatever you want right. uh, Him, her, however, him. <laughs> he had a great speech. He said they on the clock. Yeah. But, definitely. I mean, it, it don't mean that. But still. So do you feel like what he was saying about um, hip-hop being underrepresented? Always is, hip-hop is always underrepresented in hip-hop. I mean, in the, in the Grammy situation. I mean, the Grammys, the Oscars, the Golden Globes, all of that shit, um, to me, is looking for acceptance from the status quo right. as artists. And um, I feel like black <clears throat> culture and entertainment in particular is actually the status quo. So why do we need acceptance from them? If we took our ball and went over here and celebrated each other the way that we want to be celebrated over here in our own institutions and leave them over for theirs, not saying that you should separate, but um, what what is a trophy? Right. What is it? Yeah, I'm I'm just saying the same thing. It's like we, we, you know, begging for acceptance in a world that over and over has showed us that they don't, you know, have any interest in accepting, you know, what we do or acknowledging the, the brilliance. They rather see it and take it and then try to re- remix it and make it their own thing and then give themselves awards for how wonderful they did as opposed to, yeah. you know, um, and recognizing the brilliance of where a lot of this stuff originally came from. And that's nothing new, as I'm sure Jay would let us know. I'm looking at his face. You're excited, right? I did this just for you. Give me something, Jay. What you got? <laughs> look, uh, when he started looking, look, look. <laughs> he about to go in. What, what the thing is, man. That's how he started. What the thing is, man. Mm-hmm. It's like that. We say that. We say, you know, like, oh, like even with, with, uh, with Puff's contradictory speech. Huh. Um, uh, contradictory. Well, again, we say what we need and what we want. We do need our own, we need to celebrate ourselves and we do not need white acceptance to make us great. But unconsciously, that's what we work for. When they're in the studios, the objective is to make hit records and to make money and to win Grammys, right? And so that's 
364 days of the year. But then on, on a conscious day, it's like, oh, we got to do, uh, you know, we got to do these things for ourselves. So it's like the, the, the effort that it takes to, to bring the ball into our court is very minimal. It doesn't take a lot, but subconsciously, we we are we are yearning for that white acceptance, and it's like we got to be real with ourselves and tying this back in to Kobe Bryant and that Mamba mentality. You got to dig deep into yourself and question yourself. You might be spewing bullshit out your own mouth that you don't understand that you're doing, talking all this shit. You know, uh, the. They don't recognize hip hop. And we know this, nigga. It's fucking billionaires in that room. We could easily establish the things that we need to get ourselves on track as far as our own entertainment, our own sports leagues, our own everything. We have the capability to do it. We have the resources. We have the connections. We have the wherewithal. We have every position that is trained and equipped to create institutions of our own. There's some type of mental block that allows us to say the things that we want, but it prohibits us from taking the action. So it's like, I didn't fall for none of them whack-ass speeches none of these motherfuckers talk about ever. Like, because it's like, you talking shit, but it's like, I don't see no walking. So it's like, fuck you, fuck your speech, because we still in the same predicament, making the same exact complaints that we make year after year after year without taking any action. Thanks. So, Thanks. yeah. Okay, Jake, so yeah, and that's why that's my homie right, right there. Right, right, he goes all the way. I don't know. He still, you still, you got. He's still, man. He's still puppy. If he see you in the street, it's on. You know what? No, 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 that's but do you think nobody's really um, doing it? Like, cause I mean, there are people who are out there that you got, uh, you know, like Cube and them making their own leagues. You got, uh, you know, which is a great game. If you never moves. bought a ticket to the big three. Go see big three it. is like that. Yeah, but, but I mean, so there are people who are making moves towards. Yeah, but, it, but we we, we shortchanging ourselves, man. It's like we gotta hold ourselves to a, to a higher stand. Like we the greatest people on the planet Earth. And we accepting these little ass accomplishments as right. if this on the level of what we can do. We fucking make pyramids and create the, the greatest humans that exist on the planet. Like we supernatural, godlike beings, and we celebrate ourselves for little ass bullshit. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. that is minimal on the scale comparison on the comparison of what we are capable of doing if we utilize our powers in unison. It's like it's, it's no way at this point, at this level in time, that we should be at the level that we're at. We supernatural God beings on planet Earth. And we talking about a fucking Grammys or a fucking uh, uh, sports championship or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like, who are we? These are our goals. This is why we be crying and all this blood, sweat and tears of work that we put on the line. Like, you know, a, a, a spirit like Kobe Bryant could lead people to victory, heaven on earth. Like, if people really understood what that meant, it's like what we capable, what we got inside of us, man. It's like, man, fuck all these awards. Okay. It, 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 it is tough to lead people that are complacent 
You know, look at, take Collins' situation. Uh, took a knee on behalf of a people, and Carla just brought up, nobody stepped up to the plate to have his back, right? He ultimately lost a job. He made some money on the side and all of that stuff, and that's cool. It's capitalism supposed to make some money in this country. But um, his point was to stand up for ourselves. And, you know, it was so tough for people. People kind of like played both sides of that conversation. He did. He played both sides. How so? He's a contradictory person himself. Well, aren't we all contradictory to no. a certain extent? No. No? You claim that shit. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you don't have any contradictions about yourself, Jay? None. If I do, I address them immediately. Okay. okay. You are stronger than most. No, I'm not. Sure. I'm not stronger than nobody. We are all of the same. Y'all got melanin and a functioning pineal gland just like every, just like I got and every other melanated person on the planet. This yeah, but you, have, about you have been training and conditioning yourself to overthink and understand and overstand concepts that the average yeah, everyday person, person not gonna, you say is, that struggling, like is struggling to just to get, get through life. You know. And I feel you. I see your passion. I feel you. But also, like, so I want to ask you this: like, as a as a person that's an artist coming mm-hmm. out with music, like, so what's the goal for you? Like putting this because you're putting it out, uh, you know, into the mainstream. You're putting it out into this same system. Like, you know, is it is it to try to, you know, I mean, I know the overall goal is to get a to 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 raise consciousness, right? Is to to put vibrations. Well. Into the, and say, oh, let me ask you, what is the overall goal? Like, what's your goal? Victory. Okay, and what does that look like to you? Well, it looks like uh, poor and oppressed people across the world uh, controlling our own lives, controlling our own resources, controlling our own means of production, uh, controlling whatever it is that allows us to live a healthy, righteous, peaceful, utopian life on earth that I know for a fact is achievable and possible. And so the art that I create are just signals and messages that have been uh, uh, given to me to convey to other people. And the mixtape is like that. So thank you. (laughs) Please get that, because I I can't even get another copy. I told him I just rocked it last night. Okay. Really listened to it. it, it okay. Dope. You talking and about Jason for mayor? Yeah. Oh yeah. I ain't get the one for Jason president. for president is on, is online. Okay. Jasonslyrics.com. Jason's lyrics. Y'all like why is this nigga talking all this shit? So I was gonna kind of break it down a little bit. I was gonna read all the winners of the grant, but I don't even want to read nah, them. but but you know what? Get them. No, I don't want to. No. thing? What? Killed it now. Nah, it's it's not it's not that man. It's just we have to acknowledge that within ourselves. We have to. We can still like. We just have to acknowledge, like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm flawed, I'm addicted. Like, I'm addicted to uh, a sister used, a sister uh, Mary from Market 7. She used a term, and I'm probably fucking up, but she was like, uh, she used some term for, like, our unconscious desire for white acceptance. Mm-hmm. Even the strongest, like, niggas that wear, you know, beads and motherfucking dashikis and shit, like, subconsciously and unconsciously, 
there's like this desire for white acceptance. 400 years of conditioning would yeah. be that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's where we at now. That's where it's coming so, from. No, so, but we got to get out of it yes, immediately. Yeah. Immediately. But it don't, you, it, it took 400 years to get there. It's going to so take another, you know what I mean? It's going to take, take time. time it, to get it, it, not necess- it doesn't necessarily have to. And here's why. Here's why. Because we are the gatekeepers. It is us that everything runs through. So it took them, uh, our, our captors, 400 plus years to do this to us. But they not us. They can't do what we do. We could change that shit fucking immediately. They don't have the capabilities that we have. So it's not. it don't have to take us 400, 500 years to rewire ourselves. You know, we are made in the image of God. And so with all things are possible through God, which is us, they can't say shit like that. We can. Okay. Yeah. So and that's the fist up moment for, hey, for Jay, Jay Sun. It's a whole stuff. fist up show today, nigga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be lighthearted this morning, y'all. It could be. We still got time. We still got time. Y'all keep asking me questions and shit. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you start going in. Great to be. You knew this shit. Bring Eddie on. On a deep day, we got a comedian here. Right, right, yeah. Winning is a jokes, nigga. Right, right. Moving right along, nigga. Yeah, yeah. So let's keep it going. So I definitely want to talk to Eddie B a little bit about his life, about his career. Yeah, absolutely. And get into this interview with you, sir. It's so good to have you here, man. Eddie Bryant. I'm a big fan of the show. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. I watch y'all every chance I get. I'm a little blown that the day you came through, I had on the technical difference. That's never happened. Yeah, it happens sometimes. But but like you said, things happen. So. Um, I want to start out by talking about some of your friends, some of the people that you associate oh, with. Lord, um, I, I saw some things. I'm gonna uh, put up a couple of pictures here. Oh, so uh, we got pictures of great yeah, pictures yeah, shit. Definitely, we fancy, definitely. Eddie. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we do what we can. You know. Well, you so, do. Uh, I don't have no. I want to talk about your uh, your connection with a couple of these people. Oh, um, That's Ch- my OG. Chappelle mentioned uh, uh, Tony Woods, and we uh, I've interviewed him before. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. And uh, and, and a good dude, and like a gym. Genuinely funny dude. Oh my goodness! Mm. Yeah, you, don't a, know, you don't know how funny. Right, right. I, I feel like uh, anytime I've seen him, it's just scratched the surface. That yeah. um, I've of course seen him on Comic View and different things like that. But I saw him live at RDF also, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and killed like went crazy. Can you talk a little bit about his influence on the DC comedy scene and also yourself? Well, Tony's um, influence is the reason why um, Tony is one of the dopest comedians on the, I would say on the planet mm-hmm. because he is true to the art form. He is, um, if you had a blueprint of what a comedian should do and how they should operate, Tony is a good blueprint. Um, what I mean by that is um, he constantly is in the moment. He yeah. is constantly present. He is constantly thinking about what is going on and finding the humor in what is going on right here, right now. So, and he doesn't necessarily put on any uh, airs. So, he will 
go do 10,000, 20,000 seater, and then on Monday night you can catch them at an open mic with 10 people. But can I just interject real quick about yeah. Tony? Because yeah. I saw Tony one time, I was like 17 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like outside, it was, he was at a college, so he was just mm-hmm. outside, mm-hmm. just Chilly. being fucking hilarious. Right, like yeah, that's- regular <laughs> ass yeah. nigga, like no, yeah. no mic, no nothing. I- just, Chilling, and then he went up on the stage, and it was like the exact same. Yeah, like he didn't do nothing yeah, different. Exactly it was fucking exactly. hilarious. I was the like, part. yo, this nigga's the same exact nigga yeah. on and off. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. I seen him in Rockville one day, just going to like a pet smart and yeah. start talking to him. And I was rolling. You know? <laughs> Very, um, uh, his work ethic is impeccable. Yeah. And, and, and uh, he's managed to have a long standing career without getting bitter. Mm-hmm. So you know you have you have somebody like Tony, who's easily can do you know four or five specials, right? Right. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily have this social media presence, which everyone thinks that every comedian should have, and yeah. approaching and getting <clears throat> audiences. You know, sure, this is a new way uh, to get at audiences. You give away your content for free, and then somehow some money's supposed to pop up. Uh, <laughs> You know, but, you know, the guy just constantly creates and involves and shares his truth on stage. And, you know, he gives insight from, he's like a, a, a guy who you know is from around the way, right. but lives globally. <clears throat> so he's present across the globe. And, and so, yeah, and they know him everywhere. Like. Yeah. I went to a strip club in Sydney, Australia. <laughs> we left. We got to talk about that. Cheers, after you. Go ahead. We're gonna let you finish. But we, we got left. We left. We left the. Stri- we went to the comedy club. Well, first we went to the. I went to the comedy store, and okay. there was a picture of Tony Woods on the wall, and then there was these stripper bucks <laughs> next to his picture with a pen in it. And so there's a story about these stripper bucks okay. and how and why they're next to his name. We then go to. The strip club mm. strippers like, um, where you guys from? Oh, we from DC. Do you know Tony Woods? Wow. We're like, huh? <laughs> I don't, I, we in this raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no. And then you talk to Tony, he tell you the story. You ask him, and he's like, no. The stripper trying to pickpocket me, and um, you know, since she pickpocketed me, I took her stripper bucks uh, <laughs> out of her garter, and uh, you know. That's how I got them, and they were next to the picture, and I left them over at the comedy club. So, you know, wow. and so, you know, he's like, you know, that dude. Yeah, and so, yeah. he also takes the time to keep younger comics in carriage and not become bitter because right. he's seen so much of the business. So, when you like bitching about some small, minute thing, and he'll pull you, come here, Shawty, right. you know, he'll pull your coattail and give you some game. Uh, of why you need to change your attitude and fix your attitude so that you can press on and have a longer career. And like I've noticed that same, uh, those same attributes in you and I see, and it's, it's just how uh, approachable, like after I saw him at, um, at RDF, that's right, RDF, right? Uh, I keep saying RDF, it's RFD. You know, they know how I am with, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I am with names, but anyway. Um, he got up there and killed, and he's like, this is, you know, this is my first time seeing him. Like, this Tony Woods comic view, this 
uh, Def Jam, all this. And he came right off, and me and my boy standing in the cut. He came over, chatted with us. I'm like, yo, I got this podcast. You come definitely, man. Let me know. Give me the info. Got his info. He definitely came through, killed mm-hmm. it. It was hilarious. And just, and I, I, you had that same kind of mentality. Yeah, I appreciate bro. that so much because some cats, you know, they yeah. make one, one, one room laugh, and they, you know. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> they know. They Martin Lawrence now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, well, I mean, you know, you can get used up. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah. people will use you up if they okay. if you allow that. So, you know, you have to um, protect yourself. Some, some comedians are basically trying to protect themselves because, you know, when you're on your way, you, you know, yeah. you, can, you can work 20, 30 years. You can make a club on a rich. Right, you right. can make a promoter rich, and you walk away. You got all the jokes, and you don't got none of the money. Right, like Kanye say, win the Super Bowl and drive away in the Hyundai. You better know it. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So you know, so that's that's more so where that 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 yeah. vibe comes yeah. from. And that's, and that's kind of what you were saying. What he was, what you said he was talking about about you know making people stay humble or yeah. letting you know how to stay humble and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, he's a really dope individual, man. So I want to move on to the next person here Shoot. Uh, that we have in your uh, in the uh, Eddie Brad. This is your life, Cleasy. My dude, Cleasy. Yeah, definitely. So um, you've been doing uh, shows in for a while now, and That's I know you guys have known each other for a long time, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so the first time I did a show with Joe Claire, I bombed <laughs> so bad. He joined my mother out for bringing me to <laughs> I'm talking about I bombed horribly. So it was a, this back when they was doing Go-Go's, hosted by, uh, I mean, they was doing comedy show, hosted by Joe Claire and Chuck Brown after party. So oh, you wow. know it's a mm. $50 ticket. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I come in the jump and I bomb. Mm. Crazy bomb. <laughs> okay. I, I put on, I ain't had no jokes back then. I had this little fake pimp swimsuit joint. Um, it was a while, <laughs> and I was goofy, and okay. I didn't have any jokes. So, he joined my mother out. Joined your mother you, out. You brought him here? Why you bring the hot fuck? You should have had an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. So, you know, now, you would think that after you bomb like that, I never talk to you again, right? Um, fast forward, fast forward. Uh, I am doing Club Elite, okay. right? And Club Elite is a club in Temple Hills, Maryland, right. and I had the basement. Jay can tell you, uh, it is. That's where I bomb. It's with the, it's with Jay, <laughs> actually, and it's it's it's, it's be funny. It's feast of famine. You right, better be right. funny. Bruh, that joint is so serious. Or, yeah, it's or, so or, serious or down that know. basement. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no getting out. Oh, that's the basement you told me. Oh, bruh. That oh, joint is famous. ruthless. Oh, my goodness. He told that story. Yeah. Man, <laughs> it, it affects people. Yeah. <laughs> She's still <laughs> with me, Dave. Yeah. Like, man, I remember that shit. It's deep. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so... In the basement, and it's a raggedy club. It ain't much to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe would come, and I would ask him to come and play the club regularly. And he didn't put on no airs about coming to get that little piece of money. He came, did the best job he can. We had a lot of fun, had a lot of drinks, told a lot of jokes in the jump, and boom, we got that relationship because I went and did the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition in 07. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I came in seventh 
out of 60 comedians from across the country. Nice. Right? Didn't yeah. make it to the finals, made it to the semifinals. Mm. And I played seventh. And I caught a flight to LA, and I'm standing on Sunset in front of the comedy store about to go watch the show on Tuesdays. And who's hosting? Joe Clay. Wow. And then it, he's seeing me. That's when he living in L.A., right? That's when he living in L.A. Now, he, this is the first time he's seen me since he joined my mother out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, he's like, what's up? I'm like, what's up? He's like, you going on tonight. Tonight? You going on tonight. So, I go on stage, kill it. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then, boom, we kick it. And then that's how I got him to start coming to the wow. basement. Wow. Now, you know. From that relationship, you know, it's like sometimes when people have some level of success, mm. they put on airs. Definitely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he didn't necessarily carry it like that with me. And so we always had, you know, uh, a positive, like, like the first time I taped a TV show, mm. right? The first time I taped BET Action. Um, they flew me from D.C. I get to L.A. They got a name with my... The my little dude standing with the name. <laughs> <laughs> I got a limo outside, nice. all of that. Boom. Now, the reason I got the call is because the first crop of comedians that they were taping didn't do so well. It was a lot of people bombing. Oh, okay. And okay. I attribute that to the audience was a booked, paid, or it was a casted audience. Oh wow! So was, I didn't know they did that on uh, comedy. In LA, you got to get an yeah, audience to, to 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 be present. So they the audience coordinator. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. So you know they're not really there for comedy. They didn't try to. They did get a job. Right? <laughs> wow! And so you know, and they're in there for like twelve hours. Wow! You know what I mean? So it's like I'm sitting in the seat, you move me from this seat to that seat. So you know, they don't give a damn. So niggas is bombing horribly. <laughs> okay, and so. I get there, boom. Jay Phillips come to my hotel room, take me to Roscoe's, cool. The next morning I go to set at nine o'clock. I get to set at nine o'clock. Joe Claire comes at 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I thought he was just coming through, drop some weed off or something, <laughs> and going about his day. He stayed with me the whole day. Now we, wow. and he was like, you don't got to sit in there with them. We in the alley <laughs> behind the studio. We in the alley, rolling up, talking shit, listening to music, all it, just catching up. We just kicking it like we around the way. You see Bama's bombing all day. They coming outside, they coming in the alleyway, crying, screaming, man. He laughing, joining them out. And I'm nervous. At first, I'm nervous. But as the day went on, I got, I got, I was just cool and being present with the enjoying the day. Nice. I get on, at, I, I'm scheduled to tape at nine o'clock that night. Now, I've been there since nine o'clock in the morning. He leaves at 8.30, and I tape at nine o'clock. I got a standing ovation. Wow. So, he said he came <clears throat> to kick it with me because he knew what the vibe was like mm. backstage for everybody else, and he didn't want that for me. Wow. So, he was kind of protecting me from, you know, being all tense and everybody, because when you're in taping, you got 40 comedians on set and they all trying to size each other up. Right, and you, right. you know, yeah, I'm better than them. Yeah, better than, I don't even know how you even got on this right, show right. and all that old sucker shit. And so, you know, he was cool. And so, um, you know, 
that's the type of dude that he is. You know, from there, we just, you know, whatever's working, we work. That's crazy. To have like a uh, somebody in your corner, like a sensei, like a Yoda yeah. in your corner like that, for him to know the vibe of it and be like, this is what I need to do to have this dude do his best on yeah. there, man. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. And that's a great story about shout out to Cleveland. He's one, another one of them dudes that's so approachable. I yeah. say that um, at Jay when you had the uh, the cipher here yeah. that night, and he was just hey, what up, man? He killed like, it with know. the bars too. Yeah, 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 goes in. Don't he got like a CD out? <laughs> he got yeah, uh, new, new music, music for old niggas. Yeah, yeah, y'all check it out. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, he's one of those dudes. So uh, the last one I'm gonna put up here. Oh, you were in the room for an amazing night, and I want to oh, talk man. a little bit about it. Um, because uh, Dave Chappelle came to town, he got the Kennedy Center, um, yeah. the Mark Twain Award for comedy, yeah. and he went and did a set. What was that? Was it the Just won the Grammy too for best comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was songs. one of the people yeah. I was going to say something about. But Jay, you killed all that. Anyway, uh, but uh, but uh, was that the that That's was right. the Improv? Yeah, that was at the Improv. Oh, right. That picture's at the Improv. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. All right, Definitely. so so what was the energy like in that room that night? I know it had to be crazy. So. Okay, so I got a call from the improv to come and do a showcase spot in the showcase room, the small room, mm-hmm. all right? Now, you know, I'm getting a spot. I don't know. All I'm like, oh, boom, I got four spots. It's not, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Right? I said, I'm oblivious. Yeah. Right? It's so, I'm, yeah, because I'm, I, all I know <laughs> is I got a 15-minute spot. I'm getting, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting some money. Right. And I'm at the improv working my way in the door. Cool. Right. Okay, now um, the show is Saturday night, uh, eleven. Uh, well, ten o'clock show. It's now I go on at eleven thirty, right? Mm-hmm. I get off at twelve o'clock. Um, and while I'm on stage, I'm like, uh, uh, "What the hell, Chris Tucker doing in here? <laughs> uh, why is staying Lathan in here? Wow. Oh." Uh, is that Tiffany had his voice out here in the hallway from the stage? Wow. I'm like, why are all these people funneling in this small room? Right? And then, you know, I get off stage and Chris Tucker goes on behind me. Wow. And Pierre goes on behind me. And Mitch goes on behind. And, and like people are just kind of like just doing like five minute, three, five minute spots, right? I'm like, well, why are y'all even here? Right, right. So I go in the hallway. They're setting up a poster. Kennedy Center Honors, Dave Chappelle, blah, 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 blah. They're doing a pop-up show at, at midnight for Dave. Right. And it's 300 people outside. Sheesh. Right? It's the line is all the way up the steps, out the door. Right, right. And everybody's coming in. And that little room, though? No, no, no. This is in the main room. Oh, okay, So okay, they're okay. passing our room to go right, into right. the main room. Right, right, okay, okay. And so... You know, so boom, that picture where you see me, I go into the main room and I sit in the back. Mm. I sit all in the back in the corner. And Dave comes, put his hand on my on my on my jump. Right. And I was like, on my shoulder. Pause, pause. On my shoulder. And I was like, congratulations, Slim, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now that was my second time being in the room, third time being in the presence of with Dave. Okay. So the the first time I actually spoke to him was at a funeral. Uh, the second time we talked, um, I was on this at this bar on U Street. Uh, this is right before the midterm elections, and he was camp helping campaign for uh, Ben Jealous. Jealous. Yeah, yeah. And so 
We are in this bar on U Street, and mm -hmm. Dave comes in, and the bar owner shuts the bar down, and we're down that joint just talking politics until about four in the morning. Wow. And so that was the first time that he and I actually, and, and, and Tony Woods is the guy that was like, yeah, you need to come through and hang out with me tonight. Wow. Wow. And then that's how I got to meet Dave like that. And But, you know, always been a fan, always, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But just like Tony was uh, a mentor to me, same with Dave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and that that's just like again, that's that's Tony Woods. So you gonna shout you gonna shout out Tony Woods when you get your Mark Twain book? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm speaking it into yeah. I'm putting it out yeah, there. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta get some specials and everybody gotta buy some tickets to something. Hey look. Stop uh, faking it all that old yeah, I guess. I'll catch you next time and yeah, all that old nah, other stuff. That. We gotta support definitely hundred yeah. percent. So I didn't get the picture, but going through like your Facebook, I saw another picture of you. Uh, with a comedy legend, somebody who we lost uh, not too long ago, Dick Gregory. And, oh, uh, yeah, and um, him being from the city, like I used to work. Um, it's not from DC. Well, him living in the city. Thank you. Nah, you know he's. <laughs> anyway, I used to work uh, at the Safeway on Georgia and Piney Branch up mm. across from uh, where Walter Reed used to be, okay. and he he lived up there, so he would yeah. come in there all the time. And a lot of the youngers I didn't even know who he was. You know, and I'd always, when he come to, you don't know, Dick, go fix me some of that Dick Gregory from uh, House Party, but they didn't know that either, I'm old. Anyway, uh, but yeah, just um, to have such a prominent comedy legend and some of the stuff, like, growing up, I only knew him as, like, the Bohemian Diet dude. Like, oh. I didn't know about his comedy till you never I had to, to be. His album? Well, not until I had to be like maybe uh, in my thirties. I'm about to be forty now. Okay. Like, so I didn't really like. I found out he was a comedian through my dad. He told me some stuff about him, and um, yeah, just really like started looking up his stuff on YouTube and stuff, and just seeing how hilarious he was, oh, how man. he worked rooms and stuff like that. He was the biggest. He was the highest paid comedian of yeah. his time. Yeah. Um, he bankrolled a lot of. Uh, situations for the civil rights movement definitely um and and pay for a lot of stuff uh that picture well dick gregory um would always spend time talking to comedians when we were in his presence or we had the opportunity to be in his presence he would always share uh jews with us um that picture mm -hmm. where i'm holding his Star for the, the Walk of Fame. Yeah. We did a fundraiser um, at Wanda's on Seventh. It's a it's a hair salon barbershop. That's where I go. Black woman. Shout out Keita. Yeah. Oh, Wanda. Wanda. Miss <laughs> right. Wanda, my baby. Yeah. And uh, you support Miss Wanda because she's always in the community about the community. Yeah, she definitely OG about that life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, she uh, asked me to be a part of that, which was an honor for me. And um, again, you know, he took some time to chop it up with me. Uh, uh, we did, uh, me and Lamont King, we did this journal on East Street, and he would come by and share some knowledge and some wisdom with us. He made us cut our phones off, all of that. We talked for hours. Nice. And so he was always willing to share. And then outside of that, his life's work is a teachable, it's a teachable moment in itself because mm -hmm. He always was committed, you know, to to pushing us forward, to getting us to that next, uh, to getting more of the ball about being the, on the business of what we need to be doing, like Jay was, you know. And he came at it a little bit different. 
Not too much. Yeah, not too much. That nigga you know. wasn't too much different. Huh? Huh? <laughs> right, right. Fucking <laughs> fool is you. Right, yeah. That's what Jay's saying. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, um, that's, that's just the type of, you know, person. And, yeah, he was he was vicious. We just lost Fat Doctor, too. Yeah. A lot of yeah. death on this show. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Are y'all going to kill me? No. Okay. Let's check it. We had yeah. planned to. I mean, yeah, thank you. No, no. Fat Doctor passed too. Yeah, yeah. He's also a, 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 a you know, as one of them guys too. But we have a, it's a close knit, tight community. Yeah, it's a family. Yeah. Everybody, right. everybody's yeah. connected. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing. So we talked about all those people. Um, I want to talk to you some now, okay. Eddie Brown. Let's talk about you. So Ooh. your um, your Mount Rushmore of comedy, like the people you look up to the most, and you know it's four faces on Mount Rushmore, but you can go past nah, four. Nah, nah, four. Oh, okay. Four. <laughs> this Four. is the only contribution he gives to this is making demands. <laughs> Everybody Four. play their lane. This uh, is my <laughs> lane. My All right. Well, okay. Dick Gregory. Yes. Richard Pryor. Eddie Murphy. Ah. <laughs> Can't do an honorable mention after you do the fourth one? Ah. I guess. I like the number five. We'll go with five. Because right, well, we can etch, etch a new show. Oh, okay. Yes. We got five. Then we're going to yeah. go Dave Chappelle and Martin Lawrence. There okay. All right. So, yeah, because I got a, and Tony Woods. And and Tony no, Woods. no, nigga. Tony don't count on this <laughs> one. Oh, my God. Come on. Oh, my God. Nah. Top five. <laughs> and Mike Epps. Yeah, yeah. They don't count. All these other niggas he's saying now, people. Oh How you going to say that? This is his. They're not yours. No, it Who is. Who is yours, Jack? Five. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Richard Pry, George Carlin, Dave Chappelle, Patrice O'Neill, uh, who would I say? George Carlin, Richard, Dave, Patrice O'Neill. See, it ain't easy, see? Well, at least I got four. I'll, I'll stick to those four. That's crazy. So, Eddie Murphy? No. Well, I mean, I think Eddie Murphy is, is one of the best, but we talking yeah. about favorite. Like so, oh, so, oh, you said favorite. Yeah, your Mount Rushmore, like the people that you that you put on your pedestal. Not that they're better or worse than anybody else, but those well, who. I, mean, I would feel like, in your opinion, they are better. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. So I'm not saying any of the people that I named are like better that's, than anybody. That's, see, that's that's the tough. Here's why. With basketball, we have the autonomy to say, "Oh, I like John Starks." For this, and I like Kobe for that, and I like LeBron for nah, this. Nah, you're making it difficult. No. <laughs> it's, it's best or favorite. So I have a favorite starting five, then I have a best starting five. So they're two different lists. Right. Okay. Oh, well, oh. Mike Epps is on my list. For favorite. For favorite. I okay. love Mike Epps, man. He's a funny dude. He's, I mean, he's just silly. I just like his And it's silly. natural. I saw, yeah. um, I saw uh, the audition tape for uh, next Friday. Yeah, hilarious! <laughs> like so funny. Like he was, he was killing this so bad, and the uh, the director was like, "You might not get in the movie, but them jokes definitely going." Oh, <laughs> I, like, I need my jokes. I, 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 oh, I come I, with the jokes. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I be all on that set. Right, um, right. You know, but it's 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 tough to look at. When we were coming up, you could appreciate everybody for their individuality. Now right, we live right. in this world where we have to have an either or or. Yeah. And and that, and that doesn't leave room for growth for the artist or the art. You know yeah. what I mean? 
So you're not allowed to be human. Oh, you're not funny because you're not on Kevin Hart's status or they quick that you're not my cup. You like, like, was it funny or was it not funny? You know what I mean? So, you know, people, people, you know, just, just come to the clubs and laugh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so when did you uh, first realize or first notice that you had the ability to make people laugh? To kind of, you know, when did I that start? Three years old. <laughs> Most comedians remember that to like, yeah. call it out immediately. Yeah, because your family never let you forget it. <laughs> so, yeah, because my grandma, my grandma had uh, a boyfriend named uh, Blake. Okay. And I came in the room, you know, they sitting there having a conversation on the couch or whatever. And I came in the room and I said, uh, Blake, you go home and grandma, you go to bed. <laughs> 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 and so boom, they start laughing. I'm like, oh, I get a laugh. And then uh, Mr. Dennis was my bus driver for preschool. And I, I can't even remember those years. Right, yeah. God, dang. I was like, uh, but you remember the laughs though. Yeah, like, Mr. Dennis, why you got hair in your nose and ears like a monkey? And he laughed real hard. Like, okay, boom. Because you couldn't deny the way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah to say like, like a monkey. monkey. Right. And then um, Dr. Cafeteria was my uh, my doctor. This nigga named Dr. Cafeteria. Cafeteria. Who's the N on the end? Same it makes thing. Different. Yeah. Uh, uh, Providence Hospital. Doctor Lunch Table. Doctor Lunch Table. Not the multi-purpose I'm not. I'm not one for needles. Right. Okay. I do not like needles. So they they. Know, they do a terrible thing to kids where they put this big ass, heavy ass plate over top of you to keep you from from moving. They don't even do that no more, do they? That was like child abuse. Wasn't yeah, yes. <laughs> well, they restrained me, and you know, it was him. Yeah, uh, Jamila said that was her doctor too. That was her doctor. Hey, hey, that's not me. Okay, see, so boom. So then they put a plate on my body, and the nurse was holding me, and my mama was holding me, who I thought was on my side, but she was not. <laughs> And I was like, you know, why y'all doing this to me? This is ridiculous. And then everybody was laughing because they was like, how does three-year-old know what the word? This is ridiculous. And so that was my... Call my constituents. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they stopped laughing. It took them a minute to stop laughing and then give me the shot. But, you know, so that was how I was as a kid. And then, you know, I had delirious memorized third grade. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's what I was coming home watching before my mother and them got home. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That like, shit was hilarious. That thing was crazy. I just yeah. watched. You remember my yeah. call? Yeah. I be calling. Like, we just be talking about comedy randomly. Yeah. 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 Sure, <laughs> you see this fire. I said, that's crazy. This shit funny. came out in 1983. I'm like, yeah, right. you see what he said? This shit, yeah. nigga, that shit is hilarious. Like it happened yesterday. Right. It's funny <laughs> today. 1983. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it, resonates, it resonates today. So a lot of comedians say, um, and, and it's obvious if you follow and watch uh, comedy, it takes a certain type of person to uh, to get up and you know in front of people and actually like once you can go from you know realizing you can make people laugh. At what point did you realize this is something I want to do and pursue as a career? Um, well, uh, heartbreak uh, pushes you to Definitely. do something crazy. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You said the sentiment on we that? All yeah. that yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like heartbreak to make you go chase your dream. No you like, you know, F this bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be I'm going to blow up. A man, I'm, I'm going to shit on her ass when man, I come back. Ooh, ooh. Don't be nice to me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no. Uh, 
um, that's when I took it seriously. I got my heart, uh, I had a bad breakup, mm. and I ended up uh, moving back into my mama's house over the joint. That'll do it too. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and my mama was coming downstairs like, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, what you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you got 30 days, you know, her, she came home with her, her husband at this way. Yeah, me and your mother getting married for 30 days. Y'all got 30 days to get up out of here. Damn, ultimatum. Oh, I was like, oh, man. Write right. these jokes. Yeah, let me get these jokes. Right? <laughs> I had no therapy money, a little bit of weed. So I was like, well, let me go ahead and try it. And, and went from, you know, now when I did the show with Joe Claire, I was in college. Okay. You know, my mama. Now I put it down, started doing video production, some other stuff in the school, did some marketing promotion for Def Jam and other stuff. And then... I picked the microphone back up and took it seriously after that breakup. Okay. And then once I started being disciplined about that, I ain't never stopped. That's awesome. Do yeah. you, you remember the first joke that went really well for you? I mean, the first professional, not the uh, telling dude the, to go home. No, 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 no. The, the first, the first joke, joke where you really got to laugh. The first like, oh, joke. Yeah. No, the first joke that got me on TV. Okay was the joke I did about the Kunta Kinte action figures. Uh, with the, the foot. Yeah. Yeah. With the detachable foot. That was the first joke. Rest in peace, Fat Doctor. So he had this workshop okay. on Mondays at Jokes on Us back in the day. And Fat Doctor, you know, you come in that joint and you're like, all right, boom. So I wrote the joke. I told him the joke. He said, now, every time you get on stage, you tell this joke. I don't care what's going on. You tell this joke every time. Fast forward, um, Martin Lawrence First Amendment auditions came to the city. Mm. I worked my way on to the audition. Um, and I did the joke. And ultimately, that was the joke that they wow. were like, yeah, <clears throat> put them on. And so, you know. That's, yeah. that's how that works. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and people kind of see, and everybody that knew him that talked about him, because I saw, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, man, I hate, you know how I am with names. I'm seeing his face in there. Ashley Larry. Oh, man. Donnell. Donnell, Donnell yeah. Donnell Rollins was talking about uh, Fat Doctor and the, uh, the, the influence that he had on him, yeah. and how he was one of those type of people that saw the greatness, you know. Yeah, and Fat, so, Fat Doctor know, was. Great. Fat Doctor, now, Fat Doctor is, you, you see how he's a mentor to Donnell? Yeah, yeah. Um, you hear the story about him making sure that Martin Lawrence went to the Star Search audition that ultimately pushed his career from leaving D.C. and going to L.A. and making a name wow. for himself. Yeah. That was Fat Doctor. Fat Doctor, when we had the workshop on Monday, mm -hmm. it would be 40 comedians in there. And everybody played Fat Doctor 10 bucks, and he would teach you how to organize your thoughts and add some structure to what you were thinking, um, making sure that you had some integrity things like don't steal jokes or, you know, some people wouldn't listen. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, let me take a dig. Oh, hold on, let me let's <laughs> dig dig further. So we just, me and Eddie just went to the uh, show oh, at the uh, Constitution uh, Hall. A whole bunch of big, 
Look, so this we look at, we listen to the niggas jokes. This nigga Eddie pull out his phone like, yeah, I wrote this joke in 2013. Look, look. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, goddamn, nigga. So, it's, 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 and it's, it's a situation where you think he heard it and just took yeah. it. And I, so uh, when I interviewed Tony Woods, I talked to him about about that because you know that's become something that's more prevalent with YouTube and stuff. You can go back and look and be like, wait, this person did that first. And what Tony Woods said, I love his answer to it. He was like, you know, if somebody take. Uh, my joke, what do you think? I'm trying to remember exactly how he put it. I can't put it, you know, as, yeah. as perfect as he did. But he basically said, if somebody steals, it's like if somebody steals my car, I'm going to steal it back, but I'm going to uh, put some new rims on it or something like that. You know, yeah. I'm going to make mm. it better, you yeah. know. So, yeah. so yeah. His, his attitude towards the same problem. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah, don't worry. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. It's a lesson that I had to learn. Right. You know, I'm right. um, still learning that. Okay, because he pulled out the phone on the yeah. table. Like, look, 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 look at this shit. Yeah. This I'm is wrong. 2013. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Hear what he said? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. I wrote yeah. that shit. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, but you know, you. You, you don't want to say who it was. No, no, we're not going to do that. But, you know, <laughs> you know, that's how that's how Fat Doctor was. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, 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 uh, he definitely was a big influencer. And, you know, not. And he would do it for the Donnells and the Coco Browns and all of them. But then he would also do it for, you know, people who was day one. Right. You know what I mean? So it didn't matter. So that's <clears throat> that's what we definitely appreciated about him. So um, Jimmy Fallon does this thing um, on his uh, on YouTube on the uh, the show's YouTube page where he has comedians talk about the worst they ever bombed. Woo. And uh, so, was it the uh, the one you talk about with um, with, Joe. Talk, with Joe talking about your mom was and all that? that? No, that's, the worst, that's not the worst. <laughs> the worst you ever bombed. The worst I ever bombed. Shout out to Morgan State University. <laughs> um, Mr. James said that I can get five minutes at the Greek Step Show. I cannot cuss mm. at the Step Show. And I'm not Greek. Mm. Okay? I ain't in no fraternity whatsoever. And man, 5,000 students that I went to school with every day, I know them. We walked to <laughs> class together every day. They collectively booed me. Get <laughs> <laughs> your ass off the stage. Get your mm. ass off the stage. <laughs> That's when I said, I'm going to go back to class and just do video production. Just be right. smart. I'm going to be smart as shit. Smart. <laughs> how, uh, how necessary is the bombing process in, in the path to becoming a great Mandatory. Leader? You must bomb in order to grow. If you're not bombing, you're not taking any chances on stage. And if you're not taking any chances on stage, you're not moving the art form forward. If you're perfect every time, then something is thoroughly wrong. Who makes you laugh now? Like, who out there right now is doing it and really, like... Man, Mike Epps is always on my time. I, like, I, I, I just like the silliness of, of, of Mike. Yeah. Um, uh, I, of course, I like... Um, I like the fact that Eddie Murphy's making a comeback. Okay. I can't uh, wait to see this. I cannot thing. wait to see Has that. he done any dates yet? Do you know? No, he's working well, with small clubs and whatever. Um, but I like... I mean, I just like watching. Well, I don't watch as much. Like uh, me and Jay went to the Constitution Hall joint. I had, if I was going there, I would more more than likely sit on the side 
and like listen to it a little bit and then boom and listen to it again. but I haven't watched a full comedy show mm-hmm. in a long time since then and the whole time I'm watching it but I'm judging <laughs> <coughs> I'm like oh okay yeah this person good okay yeah mm-hmm. alright yeah that person something to do and they yeah. do what you do mm-hmm. yes so you know that's how you you know you watch, I mean, you know, I'm watching everybody. Like, I love Dominique. She's silly as hell. I like, you know, we, we she was on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Roberts was crazy funny. He, was, he killed it. Oh, he killed He murdered And that's not somebody I would necessarily watch often. But yeah. every time, he comes with it, like, every time. Mm-hmm. Like, every time mm-hmm. I've seen him, he come with it. He only got mm-hmm. one speed. <laughs> right. Pop, 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 You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, you, 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 you. I like I like I like all like I like I like Darnell I like uh, Joe I like um, of course Tony mm-hmm. um, it's, man it's so many comedians man it's 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 too many to name like have y'all ever heard of Freddie Wicks have y'all ever seen Freddie Wicks Freddie Wicks uh-huh. you ever heard man see yeah I'm gonna, now, I'm gonna tell you right now one of the silliest individuals on the planet Nick <laughs> Lewis have y'all ever heard of Nick Lewis. Nah. One not in here though. No. Okay. But silly individual, yeah, like, like, like it's a whole bunch of. That's the thing about comedy. That's what I was talking about. There's no room for, you know, we don't get to appreciate all of these different minds because we are so worried about who's trending. Right. You right. know what I mean? Versus mm-hmm. like appreciating the artist. Like there are a million museums with a million paintings and. You know what I mean? Yeah. From all these different artists, and we are to appreciate all of them, right? But when it comes to comedians, though, if you're not on this tier, then you're nothing. Yeah, nah, you know what I mean? Right, and, right. And, and, and it kind of like. And that's why I would go to, uh, to Ralph's room and just sit and just watch the people on every level. You know, because it, you know, it, it was free. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> I mean, and they had good tater tots. You know, I'm a fat nigga. I like, oh, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, nah, but just to see people on the end of development, that's what really gave me that. Because I always had an affinity for comedy, you know, yeah. like watching it and seeing people like you do what you do so effortlessly and make You should try it one time. I'm, I'm definitely going to. I'm oh. turning 40 this year, so I might do yeah, it. Yeah, do it on your bucket list. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 100%. We're going to open up Clever Lee for him, especially. No. Just go to Taylor. I got nightmares and that No, not Clever Lee. Somewhere else, pick another spot, nigga. But yeah, so um, what would you say to this day is your greatest accomplishment? Uh, not quitting. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a, a, a good accomplishment. I mean, you know, it's been a wonderful ride so far. And um, um, comedy has uh, taken me all over the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, man, like when I did that USO tour in Japan, I had a ball. I was drunk most of the time because the soldiers kept after you if you funny to them they gonna get you twisted yeah. and you gotta you cannot not say no nah, I'm not drinking tonight fellas I'm sorry they like man grab you by the neck hoorah and all that <laughs> <laughs> so every night it's like oh you're crazy um, I heard the women over there so anyway I know, no, we didn't get the, no when we doing them USO tours you basically in the military so you on their time oh okay yeah you don't get the Frolicking, gallivanting. They be frolicking. Yeah, but they was at work. (laughs) (laughs) They they ain't on no leave. They they at work. You know, most of them over there are married. 
and they have their wives and, and families over there. So they just going to work, come home. Boy, I wish Corey Holcomb could hear this. <laughs> yeah.
you have the ability to shape and shape and shift emotions. You don't know what that audience is going through. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody will have something tragic that happened to them. Somebody might be going through a possible divorce. Somebody, you know what I mean? You don't know, somebody just got fired. You don't know. And as comedians, we have the ability to get everybody on the same page and laugh and take a mental vacation for the hour or so that we're on stage. And that's a beautiful gift to be able to help people um, laugh because that helps them live a, a little longer. So that, that would be my... And that's such a, uh, that's good. That such a profound... Uh, uh, job and position to have. I'm looking at how fast, like, <laughs> just snap it up for yourself. I got comments too, Dave. I look at, okay, I'm gonna I'll say this yeah, real go quick. On, do I, you you sound like you about to get deep too. Well, go no, ahead, I'm not Dave. too deep, but I just, you know, because how the society is right now, everything's so fast and instant gratification, and everybody's attention span is so short with Man. social media and all yeah. that. But the comedian is one of the few people who can still. Get like you said, bring people together and have them on that same page and hold their attention. If you can for get them to put their phone that, down, yeah, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> like this now. How do yeah. you feel about that though? With, I don't like it. Yeah, don't be making no DVD of me. Right, ain't getting no part of the money. <laughs> yeah. Put your phone down. Enjoy the moment. Exactly, exactly. So wait, uh, you got some comments? No, yeah. Uh, so Freedom says he got a memory about Dave Chappelle. Okay. So, so I saw Dave Chappelle do two sets of Carolines in New York. At both sets, someone in the audience abruptly shouted, Chappelle! After the sets, Dave told us that shit scared the shit out of him. <laughs> a couple of weeks later, I flew to San Francisco for business, and that night I went to a comedy club, and Dave just so happened to be there. So you know what I did, right? I shouted, Chappelle! That shit freaked him out, for real. After the set, Dave let us hang out with him to go cop him some weed. He said <laughs> he needed the weed because we made his nerves bad. True story. Yeah. True story. That sounds like a Dave story. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that funny, though. I, I wish I wouldn't have read it. But thank you for sharing, Freedom. Appreciate it, man. Like, hey, it was his story. That's right. He said he's, 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 he's famous now. So the last thing I'm going to ask you is something I try to always ask uh, everybody that I interview. Um, and you may have already answered because you said um, a lot toward it already. But if you had the opportunity uh, to speak to the younger you, let's say a, a 15 year old Eddie Bryant. If you could go put the, the weed machine, down, nigga. Sorry. If you could yeah. get in the time machine <laughs> and go back and have a conversation with that young man, being through everything you've been through and knowing everything you know now, what would that conversation be like? What, what kind of wisdom would you impart, or what, what would that be like? Uh, finish school, finish what you start. Be a bit more practical. <laughs> Save some money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, that would, that would be it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, nothing, nothing to, I mean, you know. Where were you at at 15? I was, um. Saratoga? No, no, no. I left Saratoga at 13. Mm -hmm. My dad, well, my dad still had a problem. So my cousin, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. So <laughs> sorry, Eddie. Yeah. So we had to move out of Brentwood <laughs> due to a, a yeah. Not to incriminate nobody. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Some shit happened. Some stuff right. happened. Yeah, that's all. We gonna edit this we whole effect out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you have to move. We gonna move to a good neighborhood. Where we moving? Bladensburg. I, oh huh? God. Okay. Somebody shoot me. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so you was out there too, wasn't you, Dave? Yeah. Well, my folks uh, grew yeah. up in Bladesburg. You might have seen Dave running family. around the streets. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. my grandma and my house, so everybody was, we was all out there. Oh, yeah. So we was all thugging, but yeah. not. So about 15, <laughs> 15, I was somewhere around New Carrollton somewhere. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Running around trying to fake sell cocaine, and I lasted two weeks. Hey, I made enough money to buy some Jordans and a snake. <laughs> that's what I spent my real money on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, go you gotta go back in this yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's it for me. Yeah, it's not. I got my snake. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's one of those things where you know pretty soon if you built to be like I'm. I'm gonna tell you, um, I went to High Junior High School, and it was a group of guys, and uh, they had some. It wasn't coke. It was weed. And they had some, and they were talking to me. And so one of them was uh, the older brother, one of my best friends. And so they're talking to us, and basically trying to get us to be they. They mute, you know, they push us away. I don't know what you call it because I'm not a uh, drug person. But anyway, so um, they, they gave us the weed and uh, it was a hole in the fence. We left at lunchtime. We running across the street to the alley and something just in me was like, nigga, this is, what are you doing? This ain't you. Take your ass back. And I turned around and went back to school and that afternoon, all of them got brought back by the police and their parents got called and all that. Wow. And that was my only almost foray into drug dealing. And you snitched me. Sound like a snitch. That's what Party. it sounds like. like. So everybody got locked everybody up. Got locked up and you just came I back to school. Mean, you the only one that came. You put it down. Yeah. Thirty years later, we find the I, truth. I've told that story, but nobody ever, nobody ever knew what no happened. Because you ain't telling to no, no. drug dealer niggas. It's like ah, we know what happened there, nigga. Uh, <laughs> nah, I definitely you did not snitch. This was my homie's buddy. So you dropped the bottle at what time? Mm-hmm. You know you're fucked up. Yeah, that's just weird. It's different. Ain't no backup music. 
Nothing. Right. And that's, I was you. about to say, because I've done, I've done music, and even like in the booth, like I had a friend who, uh, we, I used to uh, go to New York to record, and on the way up there, he rode with me, and I had a track playing that I'm working on, and he's singing to it. I'm like, bro, you good, man. I'm going to put that as the hook. He's like, I right, bet. So we get up there, we get it. I put him in the booth, and we play the track, and we just sitting there listening, and nothing. That red, and, and that then, red record light, like, right, come bro? on. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it again, do it again, do it again. Nothing. We did it six times. I'm like, all right, just come on out. We'll, we'll put something out. Don't worry about it. Just, but yeah, it's that, you know, the nerves get to yeah, you. Pressure. And yeah. it's, I mean, and you know, it's human nature to make things bigger than or more difficult than they actually are. I mean, we that is that the number one fear of humans. Speaking in front of people. It's like yeah. speaking out of speaking in front of people, jumping out of an airplane. Right, right, like, right. One, right, two. Your Seinfeld said it's uh uh Public speaking is the number one fear, and number two is death. Yeah. So he was like, if you had a funeral, you would rather be in the casket than doing the funeral. <laughs> you better know it. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, but man. man. I'm so glad that we had a chance to talk to you today. Like, you're one of the funniest dudes. Oh, I'm going to, uh, speaking about um, supporting young guys on the way up, Rollo Boykins is doing uh, Caroline's. Okay, you talk yes, to Rollo's. Oh, Rollo get hit. Oh, my fault, my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, 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 I'm just saying I'm going up on uh, February 18th. Go Think about the Carolines, definitely. And um, But I say that to say, where are you going to be at next? Because I'm trying to be in the room, 100%. Okay. Let's see the segue. I brought it back to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will be at the Improv the 14th and 15th of okay. February. Oh, um, about time. Take shorty with me. There you go. Date night. So Still my girl. Yeah. Not. No, no. So it's two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Uh, also, um, I'm going to well, you can't go to Germany. I'm going to Germany uh, the beginning of February. I ain't doing no traveling. No, get Corona. Nah, I mean, you know, you be all right. Right, right. I'm gonna put a mask on like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> going Germany. So we'll go over there. Me and brother man from the fifth floor. Nice. Bro, man. Bro, man. Yeah. He's funny too, though. I mean, seeing him on the show, you think he like just a one-dimensional character. Well, not even he was good on there too. But yeah. I'm just saying, you see him as a character. But that's man, why y'all gotta go. That's why I I want to implore to your audience: go to a stand-up comedy yeah. show. On like a, yeah, on a regular basis. Go see somebody that you don't know. Go check it out because there are so many great voices out there. And uh, they want to be heard. They wrote some good stuff, and they want to perform for you. So yeah, please yeah. add it to your repertoire. Go back to the clubs. Get off your phone. Stop right. getting your laughs off of memes. Like go get a real laugh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh. You wanna have a real laugh? Then yeah. Yeah. Hey. You, uh, you still doing um, the clay? Your playing friends? Y'all still uh, doing no, it? No, no, no. We okay. we are uh, we finished uh, that. Sorry. And no, that's good. Um, but yes, I'll be at the improv of February. Definitely. So yeah, and where can people find you uh, for booking, for if they just want to look at your social media to get a laugh? The, and they T-H-E, The Eddie Bryant Show. The Eddie Bryant Show dot com has all my information. TheEddieBryantShow.com. Yep. We'll post it on, on the website. Zay, I know you got a couple things you want to promote. You got shows coming up. You got music coming out. Oh, that's Talk it. to the people. All right, so uh, this Friday, January 31st, we continue in the uh, Native Tongue Open Mic Series uh, at Nubian Human. This month's feature is Tamika Love Jones, mm. who's super dynamic. She got a lot of energy, a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And she actually telling her story 
this Friday. So that's uh, that's the most immediate thing coming up. Uh, then, you know, the mixtape is out. It's doing pretty well. Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all really listen to a nigga shit? Hey! Yeah. But uh, the mixtape, Jason for President, is out. It's on my website, jasonslyrics.com. But it's J-A-Y-S-U-N-S, jasonslyrics.com. So the mixtape's doing well. Uh, about to drop this single uh, off the heels of, of the, of the mixtape. You know, the uh, single featuring myself, uh, ML, and Uptown XO. Man, this joint is crazy. Like, I left the studio feeling giddy, nigga. I was like, ooh, <laughs> this is something special here. Giddy. Yeah, it's feeling giddy after I left the studio. So about to release that with the video. So, yeah, and then um, in March, gearing up and performing, this, I've, I've been the curator for the past four years of the Black Love Experience, but this is the first, well, not the first year, this, this year I will be performing mm. and not curating the Black Love Experience, but I will be on the main stage as a, as a performer. So, yeah, those are the things that I could think of off the top of my head that's, that's happening right now. That's all, that's all I got, Dave. Dope. Anything else would definitely uh, put up on the page. Thank you guys for rocking with us. Yeah, uh, we always appreciate the support. Uh, we got some great shows coming up uh, in February, so definitely check us out. I want to thank Eddie Bryant one more time for coming through, man. We yeah. definitely appreciate having you in the building, man. Yeah, uh, uh, and bringing some laughter. Yeah, joy yeah. To, uh, it's hard to make people laugh talk about females. Right, right. And then, yeah. you know, James Bleak Outlook on the World. You know, hey, we got to really count out. Y'all gonna need me one day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stamp, though. Nah, that's real. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know when, when, when it hit the fan, I know who door I'm knocking on. Hey, <laughs> hey, look, the, the reason we call it labor is... full of guns, my grandma right here. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Where listen, do we go? The reason we call it neighbor is I live right beside this dude, so I'm gonna be there, too. Oh, that's gonna be the same drinks and some uh some yeah. movies to watch yeah that's the safest block in the world hey, that's all the time. <laughs> let's go <laughs> thank you guys so much for checking this hey out. hold up man What's just up? just to make sure we don't we don't gloss over uh the greatness uh the mindset of kobe bryant definitely we don't want to allow his death to go in vain as some sports yeah. basketball type thing please keep in mind the mentality the mamba mentality when by any means necessary, dig deep in your heart and your spirit to do whatever it is that you can in your in your capabilities to 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 claim victory yeah. and to win every obstacle that's placed in front of you. So salute to Kobe Bryant yeah. and his daughter Gigi and that heart and passion that Kobe represents in the sports realm, but that could carry over into everyday life. Definitely, and, and take these these moments as, as a lesson to make sure that you, you know, um, do what you want to do, you know, uh, chase those dreams, you know, uh, have dreams, first of all, um, try to do more living and less just existing, you know. You motivated him to give his... Yeah, 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 I'm like, get the fuck out of here, Dave. You know, you already did that shit. Right, on top of that. Right, but I want to add to it and say, also, make sure that anything that you can do... it's, it's, you know what's funny though? It's funny because it's, it's real though. Yeah. It's like, 
we do all have that in us. And, you know, that may be a joke, but it probably did inspire, trigger yeah, some yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah, we I'm joke about that shit, but it's like, yeah, nigga. I love y'all, man. I appreciate yeah, y'all. I love you, Dave. I love you, Eddie. Love you, we black men. Yeah, and, you y'all know, cool. I don't know what's Nah, fuck that. I love my brothers, man. Because we don't know when it's our time. Yeah, so we got to make sure it says, tell somebody you love them today. Yeah. And tomorrow, and every day you wake up and breathe, tell somebody love, no peace, and hair grease that we sell at Nubian Humans. We stand or organic, it's organic, natural. All right, man. Made out of juices and berries. All right, man. We out, man. Thank y'all for watching the new, uh, the Nubian Humans, the neighborish live cast. We'll be back next week. Peace. Peace.